I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's Boucher. The three. All right, we are live. CB, we are live. Welcome to another episode of Hustle Play with Chris Boucher. I am Mike Roach, and we have a very prestigious guest on Hustle Play. 15-year NBA vet, a dude putting in mad work on the court, off the court. What what else needs to be said, CB? Man, true vet. Newest uh, Toronto Raptor. Hell yeah, came back. Toronto, he's helping us since he came in. Everything's been smooth. Hustle Award winner. Giving us good advice. The one, the only, Thaddeus Young. What's up, what's up, everybody? How, How you doing, doing, man? Doing good. Uh, you know, just uh, happy to, you know, be here on my, my man's podcast. You know, he uh, asked me to be on, so, you know, I had to show up. You know, How have you and the family enjoyed Canada thus far? What has Chris taught you? Uh, Chris actually hasn't taught me much about Canada, hey. as, he sh- as he should. But you know, Listen. the the family's enjoying it. It's been a, a a really good situation coming in. You know, being able to you know play with this guy and play with you know some of the other guys, and you know, um, and we're getting wins. That's the that's the the main thing. Just getting wins and having fun while we're doing it. I see your wife over here. Yeah, you must be enjoying this. Lovely Toronto weather. <laughs> I don't believe it. Jeez, we, we play. We played in mostly all color cities, actually. Yeah, um, that's true. So we're part. so we're we as a family are used to it. Um, the only warm city I played in was San Antonio for the few months that I was there. Seven teams. Uh, is yes. it is it seven? I think it's seven. Is it seven? All right, let's <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Chris is gonna name out these seven teams. Okay. That Thaddeus has played for. Yeah, I think I can name him. I, okay, Indiana. All right. Philly. All right. Chicago. Yeah. San Antonio. Yeah. Um, damn. If you're having a hard time remembering the Raptors, okay, well. Okay, well the Raptors I didn't count, so like I'm missing what two? One. A two. Two. Ooh, you said seven. Oh. Yeah. I I know the two. I know. Um. That's it. That's all I got. Chicago. I said that. Chicago. Said Chicago? Missed, uh, Minnesota. Minnesota was a very brief stint. Okay, so it doesn't count. Cool. <laughs> and, then, and then uh, Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn. Yes, you was in Brooklyn. Yeah. Facts, 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 facts. Yeah. That's pretty man. good, though. Out of five out of yeah, seven. Yeah, five out of seven. That's pretty That's good. That's pretty good. You know what else was pretty good? That win against the Cavs. Yeah. 
That was pretty good. Yeah. Now, Must you get be. into there's a the playing situation is different, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's new to everyone. When you go into a game like that, how different is it? Do you look at it like every other game, or do you look at it like yo? You try. I mean, you try to look at it like is is you know it's just any other game, but in the back of our minds, you know, we like all right, we gotta go and beat them because. Like they beat us last game and they got the tiebreaker right now over us, of course. But you know, we it's it's almost like a statement game, really. Mm-hmm. You know, um, to you know, basically let let them know, like, okay, like this ain't gonna be no cakewalk. We gotta we gotta make sure we come out and get the win. Gotta make sure that you know we we put our stamp on this game, and you know we we did a really good job, you know, of going out there and doing that. What did you think about Chris's performance? Oh, oh amazing. Wait, wait, wait. that amazing. was personal though. What was personal? Because <laughs> that was my worst game against the Cavs. Oh, you mean on Boxing Day? Day? Yeah. When you guys took Wasn't the 50-piece? <laughs> like I said, uh, that was one of the worst games, so it was personal in some, to a certain point. But um, we definitely wanted to win this game, though. But to your point? Yeah, yeah. He was he was amazing. I mean, he's been amazing all season long. You know, just for me, watching from afar, like on the other teams as well. You know, um, yeah, he's been amazing. He's, he brings the energy as soon as he comes into the game. As soon as he checks in, he you know, you'll see him. When they say they say CB or say Chris, he runs up the sideline. You yeah, see him. Man. I was like, all right, there go that energy. That's what we need. <laughs> Do you guys know each other before this, like in depth at all? Or? No, really. No, I no. mean, I I mean, I saw I played him when he was in Chicago, um, and all they were saying it was like, um, you know, you gotta match his energy. Um, he's a really smart player, so I kind of knew I was match up to him. Like since he was not playing the five men, so if he, they were going small, obviously I was match up with him. Um, but yeah, I didn't know him as as deaf like that. I know he was a vet, fifteen years in. So you, you, I mean, you know when somebody been in the league for, for so long. So yeah. So a couple questions though. What was your both of you your your first interaction like? And you said, okay, fifteen year vet. Mm-hmm. What really makes you a vet? Because I've heard you say just playing in the NBA doesn't make you a vet. So what really makes you a vet? Because uh, Chris said as well, he didn't feel like a vet. No. Yeah. I mean, I think it's. You know um, the obstacles and, and stuff that you've kind of been through. Like you've uh, you've been in that fire, you've been in those battles. Um, you know all across the board. You know and then you know you have all the experience. Like I I played against you know obviously like Kobe, Shaq, like all those guys, Vince Carter. Like you know when those guys were in their prime. So you know I think that's one of the things that kind of like make you into a vet. Like when you you have that type of experience against all those different guys. Like I remember going into like a playoff series and. You know, um, I'm looking looking across the line at you know um, you know three three or four Hall of Famers, and that that was when we we played the Celtics in a series. I, they actually made a movie about it, like uh, Uncut Gems. Yeah, um, we were in that series yeah. with uh, KG, mm-hmm. uh, Ray. Yeah, okay, so it was like KG, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce. Like you lined up against those guys, you like okay, but we you know we take them to seven, and and, and you know those were that was like one of the the moments where I was like man this. This thing is really like crazy, <laughs> and that was probably like in my maybe my third or fourth year or something like that. And you know, but just like that series alone, kind of like like sealed a lot in my mind about like how like you have to be ready for each and every situation that's going on because like these guys are like stone cold killers out there, <laughs> and you gotta be ready for that moment. For you've been playing in the NBA longer than Chris has been playing ball. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know a bit about Chris's story already. Yeah, uh, no, nah, I haven't heard too much about it, but, you know, um, I know, like, 
from the conversations we we've had, he he's always said like, yeah, I haven't even been playing that long. I'm like, what? Nah, <laughs> I've been saying that to everybody. To be honest with you, like when I see those 20 years old like Scotty and all that, I'm like, they they killing at their age. Like remember when we have that talk in the bus, yeah. and we're like, man, go for it. We looking like. We like we like parents like that have kids that are successful. Like go ahead, keep yeah, going, keep like, going. Like that's, it's, that's all I'm saying. Like hey, kid, keep going, keep doing your thing. Like like Scott be is right there to watch. Yeah, like Scott is a, <laughs> like Scott is a, a special a special talent. I mean, Precious is too. Mm -hmm. yeah, like yeah. like those guys are special talents, and with them being special talents, like you want to see them continue to grow. Like and that's the one thing about like like I think like about our guy team. Like nobody hates on each other or anything like that. Nobody doesn't want somebody to do to not do well. Everybody's like encouraging each other and like saying, "Look, like go, like yeah. go do your thing, yeah, like yeah. keep going." And and speaking of that, I mean, Chris, what have you really liked about Thaddeus since him since he's joined the team? Um, I mean, it's like the energy change. You know, obviously we um we're a pretty young team, and you know, obviously we got Fred, Pascal, and there are vets, but um you could tell that as soon as he came in, like you know, the the conversation were different, you know, like um, the timeouts. It's just, it's like a further knowledge about the game, you know, like when you haven't played games for so long, when things go bad and stuff, it's easy to go start pointing fingers and stuff. But like he came in with the like, you know what, all right, man, just make it down to five now. You know, oh, you need we need this with tonight, you know. And with the young guys, it's like, okay, like keep pushing. I'm going to be right there to help you. And if you need anything, I'm always there. And those are all things that we actually needed, obviously, because mm – -hmm. You know, he's probably been through that for the last 15 years and probably somebody did that for him, and now he's bringing that to us, and that's something that we needed. And you can see in the game, like, it doesn't look like we are ever too down on each other, like, you know, and that's part of part of it is him, part of it is the coaching staff, and, you know, just knowing what to say at the summit at the wrong time. Like, sometimes I had moments with him too, and it make, it's good to, to know that somebody is – you know, understanding the game and knowing the moments when to say something and like tell, sometimes to tell you that Chris, you need to shut the fuck up a little bit because he told me that one time. <laughs> well, you, yo, you know what? <laughs> On that that road trip though, I I think is when you guys kind of woke up the NBA a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people were talking about you a little bit before, but after that road trip, knocking off Denver, knocking off Phoenix, mm -hmm. knocking off the Clippers, and that Clippers game was like neck and neck. That was right there. I didn't know yeah. how that was gonna go. But who are some of the guys that you spoke to, Thaddeus, coming up, growing, some of the guys you went to advice over your years? Uh, like, when I first came to the league, I had really good, like, solid vets that, like, was willing to, like, more than willing to kind of, like, teach and tell me certain things. Like, uh, one of my vets was, uh, like, uh, Reggie Evans. He was, like, he taught me, like, how to just be tough. Um, another one was uh, Elton Brand. Um and then I obviously played with Love like, Elton Brand, yeah, real cool dude, man. Yeah, he's super cool. Um, and we had a, like a lot of conversations, like just dinner and planes and like everything all across the board. Uh, Tony Batie, um I have not heard that name yeah. in a long like, time. Like just like those, but those guys were like great. Danielle Marshall, uh, Theo Ratliff, like all those guys. They played within like my first three or four years in the league, so they were like super solid vets. Like uh, obviously, like Andre Godala, he was like huge for like the growth of like me just kind of like sitting sitting behind him and kind of like just watching a lot and you know just having like those guys like really solidify like who I can be and, and what I can do you know in this league and it really put me in a position to like learn how to lead um and then Doug Collins uh one of my coaches that I had for the Sixers 
he will always encourage me to like speak up, you know, when I need to speak up or like always say something or like always be in a hug. Like, look, you're, I know you're coming off the bench, but you're still a captain of this team. And you have to, you know, you have to show that every single day. And that's, and that you was, were starting for a bit at that point too, yeah. didn't you? Yep. So I was like on and off kind of like starter and then like six man, like um, Doug came to me and Lou was like, look, I need both of you guys to come off the bench. You're you know, because like, uh-uh. we had like Drew Holiday starting and uh, Andre Iguodala, Willie Green, and all those guys. So he was like, "Look, I need you guys to come off the bench so we can like we can win basketball." You games. weren't having it at first. You, you didn't want to come back off the bench. No, nah, I didn't want, I wasn't trying to listen to it. But then he was like, "Look," he was like, "He was like, look, if you come off the bench, I promise you're gonna get paid." I was like, "All right, bet." <laughs> of course, man. But what have you realized about this squad being with them now compared to being the opposition? Uh, being with them that, you know, it's a, it's a great energy. Um, a lot of the, you know, similar guys, so same size guys. And I think that's what makes us a, a very unique team because like we'll go four or five, six, eights out there and across the line. Yo, and you know, what's so <laughs> funny about you saying that you can see sometimes where you have Thad and Chris and precious is out there and you could just see like these other teams looking like, yeah, we've seen that God, a couple of times. Damn, like, sometimes Scotty. Scotty Pascal, me, you, and Precious, and I was like, I think it was in Chicago. <laughs> just passing man. the ball around the perimeter, like, where are we supposed man, to go? <laughs> Zach Levine came out, and he was like, he counting plays. And no, we're five. It's just yeah, we it's look it. like we're 12 in here, but you know. And he was like, leave your counting. It's it's crazy because like, there's a certain point where like you just realize that the smallest person is like either Pascal or Scotty mm. or Todd, and now you're like, okay, well, like six nine, the smallest guy now. It's it's really different, and honestly, we're learning stuff on the fly still to this day. Does it feel he, different for you guys when you're out there, though, with everybody with so much length? Sometimes it does. Sometimes. I'm telling you, it's just How, cause like, there's because there's no position. Sometimes. It just looks, yeah, it just looks position. Like we it all just crazy. run, we all just run to spots, and then have to like go out of those spots, and like, okay, like this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm supposed to do. Like mm-hmm. when I first got, like, got here, it was a little difficult for me to learn all the plays because usually and typically I'm learning one or two positions. Yeah, to be to in learn, certain places at yeah, certain times, I had times, to learn right? five. <laughs> like, all five positions because anybody can push the break, anybody can get in the trail spot, anybody can run mm-hmm. to the wings, anybody can run to the dunker. So it's like, okay, I got to learn all these spots. Like, that's going to be tough. So I had to get with the coaches. Like, look, send me film mm-hmm. on everybody. <laughs> sure, because yeah, it was crazy. And we got a lot of plays and, like, different wrinkles. So, like, if Pascal's the one bringing the ball up now, if you're the five, you don't set the screen. Okay, well, I'm not supposed to know that way if I'm the four and it's still Pascal bringing the ball. <laughs> now you're all over the place, you know. And um, But I think we're doing a really good job now to just go there and play. That's one thing, play hard. But also, like, now that we're starting to figure out the plays and what position, it seems more, like, natural. And now it's, like, five guys who really know what they're doing and what spot they got to be in, and that's what makes it dangerous. That's why, we, that's why we're playing defense so hard. We're trying to get in transition so we don't have to actually <laughs> we run. We got to do nothing. <laughs> we can just get a transition, dunk the ball, stop, get a steal again. <laughs> Sir. So you guys mentioned Pascal. Yo, Pascal is he is going I told in. you, man. He's going nuts. He he's is going, going in. I told you, man. Now, I'm gonna, I got to ask this to Thad, obviously, because you've never played him against him in a game, but that what is the NBA? What are their thoughts on Pascal? Uh, so like opposing scouting reports would usually probably be like uh, keep him out of transition, keep mm-hmm. him from getting like all the flipbacks and like uh, attacking you going right, try to make him go left. Um, and he's done a, a very good job of doing like all of that stuff. But you know you got to find some type of way to slow guys down. 
Um, and, you know, um, and then like, uh, you know, obviously like he's shooting the ball well, but you would rather him take like long contested like jumpers and stuff like that. Um, and that, and that's pretty much been like the scout report. And then like just match his energy. Like, like if you can match his energy, you can match his flow, his flow in the game, then, and slow him down a little bit, then you're good. Speaking of matching energy, sounds like Bobby Webster and Masai had a lot of energy for years trying to bring you in <laughs> to the Toronto Raptors. I wish man. it was when I was a little bit younger. <laughs> <laughs> wish, it, wish it was then. But uh, well, apparently, yeah, they've been trying to bring you in here for a minute. You know what I mean? How do you look at the, I wouldn't say the, the trade market, but trades overall, right? Like Chris and I were discussing a few episodes ago that we were nervous around the trade deadline because we didn't know what was going to happen with Chris, especially because he really turned things around, right? Mm -hmm. And he was playing so well that, you know, in my in back of my mind, I started thinking, you know, a team might make, you know, try to make a really hard push to, to bring him in, right? Thank God so, <laughs> go from Chicago, go to San Antonio, you come over to Toronto. But how do you look at that kind of situation? Because to me, it just looks like you're a player that's sought after, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, I, I bring a lot to the table and just and – it, and it's not just from, like, scoring baskets. You know, it's like Chris said, like, leadership, you know, encouraging guys. Like, that's one of my biggest things. Like, like my teammates, I want them all to feel comfortable with me out there on the court, and I want them all to feel comfortable while they're out there on the court. So my biggest thing is just always encouraging my teammates to be better or to know that they're – better or they're, they're good like for, from day one like I was like look man like this is what you need to do like yeah. you're good you're yeah. like keep going like don't stop mm -hmm. and like just all like always trying to encourage like guys and just being that leader for them and just showing them like this is how like pros do it and this is how it should be done as a pro and I think that's what you know is being sought after you know um you know yeah we know I can probably go out there and get 10 points a game if I, if I necessarily needed to or 12 points or 15 points by taking more shots and stuff like that. But I do all the, the little things that, you know, that doesn't score, that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing that most GMs and coaches and everybody kind of sort out the, the intangibles, the guy who's going to do everything, who's going to sacrifice his game for the betterment of the team. And that's what I've always done my whole career. What sticks out to the both of you guys? Because we're talking, you know, a little bit about coaching right now with Nick Nurse, right? What's the first thing that stuck out to you and Chris? What has your relationship been like with him over the years? With because a, I mean, you're who? Nick, Coach Nick Nurse. Oh, um, you're balling under him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's been uh, interesting um, start and interesting, you know, well the way it's going right now. Obviously, um, I think. It was hard for me to understand my role, and that's probably what made us be on a different page a couple of times. I mean, when I, when I see how I play now, I kind of understand. He probably saw that from me a long time ago, and since I was just showing it, you know, that's probably what Coach hate the most is uh, seeing a player that's really good at something and only gives you that one game and the other game he doesn't show up. So mm -hmm. I think that's probably what he had a lot of problems with, and it's hard to trust a player like this when he's, first, first of all, was trigger happy. So, yeah, like I came in again and just thought, hey, listen, it's my show, really. And sometimes it was working, sometimes it's not. But the problem with, um, you know, coaches like this, they, they, they want that every time. They want consistency, and that's how you win games. So it's hard to bet on a guy like that. And I think now our relationship is a lot better because, obviously, I bring the same energy every day. But I also acknowledge that what my role is and that I have to, you know, be less selfish than I was before because I think – 
even though I was playing hard, I still was thinking about my numbers and all that. And, you know, it changed this year and for the good, for the, for the relationship between me and my coach, me and my teammate, and just for myself too. What's the first thing that stood out with you when you got here about Nick Nurse? Uh, his energy. Like he has a he has a, a really good energy about him, and like obviously like we all can tell, all he wants to do is win. You know, um, you know he he's since day one him taking over, he's been winning. So, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things, and that's what I stand for. Like bringing energy, winning, and making sure that we have a great team culture. And I think he's that's all the same things that he's for. Uh, we've had several conversations, you know, about like how I can help the team and what I can do, um, and. It, I already kind of knew that coming in, like, like my role has been the same on every single team. You know, when you come in, you do the intangibles, you you bring the energy. You, you know, if you you go out there and score ten points, ten fifteen points, that's good. But sometimes presence is better than points. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, um, you know, just bringing, making sure that your presence is felt on both sides of the basketball, that you're doing the right things to, to kind of get the team flowing and moving, and you kind of like being that buffer in between everybody. And that's what I try to bring to the table. All right, Coach Dad, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, man. To be honest with you, you hear this today, but like that never changed. I feel like since he got here, it's always been about the same thing. And like mm -hmm. honestly, like it's so a good energy for us to have because at the end of the day, like like I was one of them when I when I was playing bad at the beginning of the season. Like I would have liked to have somebody that tells me some stuff like that. Maybe I would have got out the slump a little faster. He's doing that with the young guys. He's doing that with the guys that are playing well, actually, now telling them to keep going. And the one that's not playing, that don't, it's going to come, which is always good to hear, honestly. So what have you been hearing playing. from Thad, though? Oh, he told me every time we're going to need the same thing as yesterday. And he told me that from the Denver game, from the game. Every every time I come in the game, it's like, same thing today and same energy and no let down. And when we're on the floor, we know that we okay. our role is to bring the energy, bring the lead. And it's been the same. Like I said, I've... To me, this is not surprising to hear. You know, I've heard that from these guys from the day he got here. Mm -hmm. And I, I promise you I could bring Scotty here, anybody here, and they'll tell you the same thing. That's great, man. I, I love hearing conversation like this. I, I like seeing guys coming together for a common goal. One thing, we're looking at Chris growing up in Montreal, Quebec. And, you know, you grew up in, where, South Memphis? Yeah, yeah. What was it like growing up over there? Oh, it's tough. It's tough. Um yeah, um, I mean, I went to <laughs> I went to high school where um, you had to show up and like show your ID cards and let them look through your backpacks and walk through metal detectors every day. So uh, my school <laughs> was pretty crazy. Um, riots outside of school. Um, you fights. say riots? Yeah, like like a hundred <laughs> people outside fighting. <laughs> What's yeah. going on over there, man? Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. But Jeez. you know, um, people, what the hell y'all fighting over? <laughs> no, right? I'm from the same the same neighborhood as a uh, famous rapper Moneybag Yo. So, oh, <laughs> so you know, um, he actually went to my high school. Oh, he did. Yeah. For real? So, so yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's a tough tough scene over there. But you know, um, it made us tougher as a as a as a whole as a community. Um, the community is very very tight knitted. Um, and that's the the one thing about like you know growing up there like there's always somebody looking out for you and stuff like that, and there's always somebody that that you can kind of reach back and talk to and stuff like that. But you know um, it, it gets crazy over there. I know giving back to your community is important. What kind of things are you doing off the court in regards to that? Uh, I have my own foundation called Young for Youth Foundation. Um, my wife uh, she runs her um, you know her giveaways and stuff through through where she has uh, salons and stuff back home. 
Um, she does like prom dress drives and like. I saw some of it on YouTube. That's something that looks <laughs> yeah, beautiful. She, she does. Uh, she does that, and then uh, she does like free like uh, makeup, and we do haircuts and stuff for kids and stuff like with back That's to school. Nice, we give away uniforms, backpacks, supplies. Um, Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry. And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I have my own AAU program, which is a Nike sponsor AAU program. Um, I have two basketball gyms back home uh, that uh, operates. One is a sports tech uh, gym, and another one is just two basketball courts where we kind of run summer camps and stuff like that. And then we have free basketball camps throughout the summer. I have a, um, a, a collective with the city where um, we do like seven basketball camps yeah. at different schools throughout the city. I need to get to 15 years, man. <laughs> Two gyms. Well, listen, man, you, you're Jeez, doing a whole that. bunch of stuff off the court, which is absolutely right. fantastic. I know you do a lot of investing as well, yep. right? So you're handling a lot of money. Yes. A lot of money. <laughs> what advice would you give to a guy like Chris? Say what? About handling money. You have a Lambo? Say what? Nope. I don't drive. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, advice that I would give like younger guys is um, starting off stack your chips. Just continue to stack your chips. Um, don't let anybody like talk you out of stacking your chips and uh, by you know getting you to invest to things that you don't know about. Make sure you do the due diligence. Make sure you hire the people to do the due diligence for you um, that can potentially like you know bring good deals and stuff like that. Um, I was fortunate enough to have people in my family that knew how to kind of handle money, so they taught me a lot about handling money when I was. I heard 16. you talk about your uncle. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, and uh, he he taught me a lot about handling money and how to like look at deals and stuff like that. Um, so I, I've been fortunate enough to have people that taught me those different things. But you know, as a young guy, stack your chips, and then once you once you start to get into your your first bag and you get you reach your goals of like saving money, then that's when you start to like do alternative investing and you know, jumping into different stuff that, like, could bring residuals in and stuff like that. You ever buy anything crazy, Chris? Me? Yeah. Um, like, you guys must be tempted at some nah, point. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I spent most of my money on video games at first. And then, yeah, I bought myself a chain, but that's it. So nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. I'm not, I mean, yet, I'm just saying, like, I ain't got money like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Chalker, see, he got money. I ain't got none. I've all I'm broke, baby. <laughs> I've always looked at the the different. My I thing wish is, I was as broke as you. <laughs> oh, I wish I was broke like you, my man. Okay, well, let's just cut this one off. <laughs> I've, I've always looked at the difference between like uh, wants and needs, right? Um, like, like 
do I need it? When I go to the store, it's like, do I need it or do I just want it? And if I just want it and I don't need it, then I don't get it. So that's that's like how I've always kind of looked at things. Um, and that's what stopped me from having like wild purchases. Like obviously like, you know, I've made a, a ton of money over the course of my career and I bought some things, you know, watches and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. I don't own a Bentley. I don't own a Rolls Royce. I don't have a Lamborghini or Ferrari or anything like that. I have a nice car, but, <laughs> you know, crazy. but it's nothing like crazy and out of the ordinary. Okay. You know what was out of the ordinary that I saw? Who? Eric Spoltra. Oh, yeah. That was Haslam. Nuts. Butler. I just saw him yeah. walk up out of there. That was the first thing I seen in the video. I was like, oh, that was, like, I was like, Cal called the second timeout. Oh Come God. on, Kelo. They're already in a timeout. Come on, Kelo. <laughs> no, now, let me ask crazy. you something like that. Is that overblown? Do you think that can, you know, possibly help in the future? Because, you know, the way I look at it is these are all just guys who want to win. Yeah. And they want to win badly. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So sometimes this happens. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't put in anything, you know, past that. But of course, when the media gets a hold of it, mm -hmm. now it can be spun in a whole bunch of different ways. Have you guys ever been not maybe personally involved, but seen anything like that up close? No, I never. I mean, to my ears, I never seen it. Not to that point. To be honest with you, when I saw it, I was like, oh, wow, that's wild. Mm -hmm. But I never seen like a crazy altercation like that before. They happen though. I'm gonna beat your ass. I'm gonna beat your ass. I'm gonna beat your ass. Yeah, I've seen a few of them. I've seen a few. Uh, I mean, in the past couple of years, actually. Who like, we got? Yeah, I want to hear that. Yeah, Use some good ones. Like, Use that name. Just say what happened. Uh, when we're in Indiana, because uh, yo, a lot of the, it's nothing personal, you know. I think sometimes guys just, you know, comes yeah. to to playing time, relationships. It's all emotion. I'm gonna beat your ass. It's not personal. It's all it's all emotion. Nah, man, because okay. it's just emotion. It's in the minute. Yeah, it's all the emotion. Like it's like after the game, they probably all went out to dinner, like Coach said. Yeah, yeah, you know? he did. He did say that. Yeah. That's so true, so true. it's all it's all emotions. You know, um, you know, I've been in a in a few of those situations, but not me personally. But mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, Philly, Brooklyn, Indiana, like all those situations, like those similar situations those were similar situations the same things that kind of happened yeah. and you know the same day everybody was going out to dinner or everybody was mm -hmm. in the locker room talking right after it happened so you know it, it's just a emotional thing like when you're in the midst of battle and the heat of battle like things happen and you know the the biggest thing is just learning how to walk away from it and learning how to pull something from it because we know nobody gonna fight Nobody's it will fine. in practice though. Nobody's fine. Yeah, I've seen, I've no seen some fights in practice actually. Uh, yeah, but that's <laughs> before. Nobody's fine no more. No more. Have you? Have you? I don't know. I haven't heard about somebody got to fight. No, not really. They know they yeah. don't want to fight. Yeah, somebody. I, it was in practice so in a game. Practice. I would say in a game. Oh, I saw a couple in the game. I saw fight. Serge get Marcus Chris. You ain't seen that. You don't remember that? Yeah, he choked him. y'all don't remember that? I was there. I seen it. Yeah, lucky he hit that punch. He missed that punch. He had fear whoo, in his eyes for real. That boy was going to sleep. I'm telling you that right now. Behind closed doors or <laughs> in practice, they're throwing. Yeah, I seen. I've seen a couple fights in practice, like big fights in practice. <laughs> I'm happy it's not happening here. Man. But yo, aside from yeah. player to player though, or player to coaches, there's been a lot of crazy interactions between like fans oh. and players. Like I saw the video of Nurkic. 
mm. um, going up to that fan and taking his phone and throwing it, right? Yeah. He said something about his grandma, though. Yeah. His grandma died. Which is crazy, COVID. right? Yeah. In those kind of situations, has this always been happening? Do you find it's been happening more, or is it just because we have a bunch of cameras now? I mean, it's, it's always been happening, uh, and I think that it's accelerated because of like we have cameras and phones and stuff. And, like social media is like obviously like outputting it a little bit more, but you know, um, like these things have always been happening. And you know, I, for me personally, I try not to let it bother me. But when you start to like say crazy stuff like that, like my my wife just got like she just seen a tweet not too long ago. Uh, somebody said because they, uh, I guess they didn't parlay on their bets or whatever, but. Um, they were gonna kill my my family, whoa, like stuff like that, like and that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And so she texts, so she sends a tweet back and said, "I hope you um you ready to meet your maker." <laughs> oh, real one. Yeah, she yeah she ain't going for that. <laughs> Exposed. She she a, she an OG just like me. Yeah. So, so y'all don't come for that family. I tell yeah, you that right so, now. So but you know those type of things are uncalled for. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So it. You know these things. These things happen. Yeah, you know, but like, I I wish that like fans would just come to the game, enjoy the game. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know you can say things, you can ha- you can heckle and stuff like that, but enjoy the game. Come watch the game, have your fun, get entertained by us as athletes, and then go home and you know say like, oh, that was a really good game. You know what I'm saying? Not, oh, I almost got in a fight with Nurkic. I almost got in a fight with that. I almost got a fight with CB. So. Those type of things. I think I think the bet things made made that happen. You know, people are betting so much money and like you know five thousand on. Uh, I hope he gets five rebounds and then I get four. Now you blowing my phone. Like mm. excuse me, I didn't get that last one. I didn't even know you were betting on me. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, like, and, and they and they make these crazy bets. I hope they win by twelve. How you know that? And then somebody makes a layup in the last second and it's a ten. They lose. I've done time. I've done it a couple times. Me too. During the season, like make the layup and. They go crazy, like start blowing social media up, like like killing me on social media. And I'm like, we won the game. <laughs> like, I think what they need to know is, like, for example, if you bet for us to win by 10, and uh, let's say somebody plays in garbage minute, he's trying to get his money too. So if he's trying to score and he mess up your parlay, he's trying to get his too. Like, I just don't get how you're not seeing that that way. And you're thinking about your bet. That's first of That's all. That's why I always say there is no such thing as garbage minutes because it's <laughs> yeah. it's, it's opportunity for those guys who are on the bench, right? 100%. Yeah, but you know, you know, betting is a risky situation, mm-hmm. and you know, if you're willing to take that risk, then you know, Shut accept up. that, accept that you took the risk and you lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is what it is. You know, um, you know, but people are not sometimes willing to accept that because they feel like you know. Like we're tricking games off, or we're blowing games, and we and and stuff like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You ever any problems with anyone in media? Me, uh, me, yeah, but you know, he's coming on the show next, so we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't really have too many problems with anybody in media. I try not to let that type of stuff bother me. You know, it's going to be very exciting for a lot of people. Kyle Lowry is going to be back in the city soon. What up, Kilo? And Thaddeus, nobody knows what's awaits. <laughs> I think no I one. What are your What's your opinion on Kyle Lowry? Because you played against this guy for. I actually, a while. I actually knew him before. Um, before I got into the league, we went to Germany together and played on the USA team together. I was like, mm-hmm. he was like a couple years older than me, and I was playing up. And um, 
you know, great experience. He tried to actually get me to go to Villanova mm -hmm. um, coming out of um, high school. Um, and he, he took me actually to get my first Philly cheesesteak in Philly mm -hmm. when I got drafted there. So, you know, we're really good friends. Um, my wife and his wife, they're good friends. Um, and, you know, we always, when we talk, we always ask each other about the kids and the family. And, you know, when he sees the boys, he says, what's up? You know, when I see his, his kids, I say, what's up? And stuff like that. So, um, you know, really, really good friend of mine. Like, love him to death. You still you still speaking to him? Have you ever spoken yeah, to him about yeah. coming back? What that's going to be like for him? No, I didn't I didn't talk about coming back, but I, I did tell him we we're going to try to whip his ass. But like, <laughs> that's all really. I mean, Kyle, you know, like he's always been a vet for me. Like he actually made me understand the game a lot more. I should have understood that, that last year when I was playing with him. Mm -hmm. But uh, to be honest with you, when he left, I honest, it kind of left me a spot to kind of reproduce a, some stuff that he does. Like people just realize about the charge stuff, but like Kyle been doing that for a long time, and I just never really saw it as how important it was until I was put in those position. And it's just toughness, man, wanting to win and wanting to play hard. Those are all the stuff that he brought us, and I felt like I I needed to uh, to like do the same thing, and which which is kind of hard sometimes because like you feel like you're taking all the hits and stuff, and but Kyle never cared about it, and so kind of helped us with you know. He's an artist. Work. When it comes to taking the charge, he's an artist at a lot of things. <laughs> like, there's very few people who take the charge like Kyle Larry. That yeah. is what Serge calls art. Yeah, art. You know Facts. what I mean? Now, before we get out of here, I also want to talk to you about earlier on in the show, you mentioned your AAU team. OG did play for your AAU team? Yep, OG and actually uh, another uh, former Raptor, um, Terrence Davis. Terrence Davis, yeah, Damn, yeah, <laughs> he was here for well. That's that my long, guy, man. <laughs> miss, miss, I yeah, TD, TD played as well, and uh, they might have been actually on the same team. <laughs> How much change do you see with OG compared to when he was younger? Just in terms, uh, not even necessarily just due to basketball, but his personality when first, persona. When I first seen OG, the first thing I said was, "That's a pro." <laughs> 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 just from like build of his body, how he moved, how he ran, how he jumped. I was like, we got to get him to play for us. He was playing for, like, I think the St. Louis Eagles at the time, whatever. And I was like, yo, we got to steal him in some kind of way. <laughs> and we ended up getting him because, um, like, he was just unhappy where he was. And so we we ended up getting him. My best friend uh, recruited him, and we brought him in, and we was, like, working him out and training him. I was like, yeah, he's going to be a pro. Like, one, maybe two years, like, he's going to be in there. And, you know, the only thing I'd probably say about like OG is like he overanalyzes every situation. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what do you mean? Hundred like, percent. He just like. Are you he, just talking about on the court or or? Uh, just it, like when you're talking about talking to him in general, he overanalyzes a lot of stuff. <laughs> like he called me uh, when he was like making his uh, one of his school choices or whatever. Mm -hmm. So he was like, "Yeah, these are my top three schools," and he was like. Um, I, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say the other two schools, but he was like, it's this school, this school, and it's Indiana. I was like, and the schools were like, wasn't even close to Indiana. And I was like, OG, what are you even talking about? I say, no, <laughs> throw, those, yeah, yeah, throw those schools out and then <laughs> you're going to do about. it. He was, like, he was like, but they came and watched me. I was like, that's what every school comes into. He was like, but they, they you know, they just showed up a little <laughs> bit more. I said, that's because they're in your city. <laughs> I said like. No, it's not close. Like, don't even go there. So, so it ended up being – it was actually four schools, and it was, like, two, like, smaller schools and then Mizzou and uh, Indiana. Okay. And I was like – I was like, look, man, like, 
Mizzou and Indiana are the two you need to be choosing between. If it ain't them two, we don't even need to be discussing having it having a conversation no longer. <laughs> it was crazy. That's CB, so talk to me about his impact yesterday, man. Because he he was out for he was out for a long time. Man, I mean, he ain't feel I ain't feel like he was like like he missed the game like really. I mean, I, maybe his first shot like, but I think oh, yeah. I blame it on nerves. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. after that, what did you see that OG didn't do? He had a chase block, mm-hmm. literally that we didn't have in like four or five games. Yeah. Um, he hit his threes and like he played defense like that's what OG do all the time so for me it was just good to have another body another defender another hard player and one thing like what's funny with OG is that he plays the same all the time like you guys like when you look at OG you're like okay well he's getting better and better and better but he always does this his job which is guarding the best player on the floor every time and give you some offense yep and he could shoot, and now his fingers, his fingers better. He probably like wasn't showing good because his finger, but y'all could see how he could shoot. So that nice prototypical three and D yeah. guy to a T. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he's strong, man. Like that's a lot. Of, that's what people don't realize. I I don't think he knows his own strength. To be honest yeah. with you. So sometimes he bumps people, and it's he don't feel like he did anything. But I'm seeing Yo, the other people yeah. and the pain that they go. You can tell how strong that dude is just by the way he runs. <laughs> oh gee, good. I mean, you know, to be honest with you, like he's he has a unique so style much, of play. He man. has so much left that you guys don't know yet. Like I'm telling you, like he could literally yeah. go for thirty at any time. Yeah, he has that ability. He's like he hasn't even like scraped like his potential, like his ceiling. Like, what's the near. next part of his game that you see taking off? Cause we usually we typically see him as a as a three and D guy. He's yeah. catching, he's shooting. He's, he's player making. I'd say he's player making. He's getting there. You didn't see yeah. that pass he did yesterday. No, because I'm breaking. walking yeah. around Scotiabank Arena well, all game. Well, I'm right. saying like his player making is you know it's gonna get there. Cause like honestly they're gonna start doubling and all that, and yeah. he sees those passes. Like you, OG has some great assists yeah. in a lot of games that goes under the basket. You don't really see. You don't see it in the stats because you only get one or two, but those are probably like the biggest player of the game. Mm-hmm. So, and I um, think I think his like his aggressive nature, yeah, like yeah, just yeah. being more aggressive and yeah. understanding that like he can do certain things, and you know, um, you know, because I think sometimes like he just like he he knows he's out there to play defense and to shoot the basketball, mm-hmm. but like he can handle the ball, he can mm-hmm. do certain things, he can do like a lot of the same stuff that, you know, Fred and Pascal is doing as well. Mm-hmm. And that gives us a third opportunity, you know, to, well, a fourth opportunity because, you know, Gary's doing some of the same stuff as well, but mm-hmm. gives us like those four guys that that's just, you know, pounding, 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 going straight straight to the basket, putting a lot of pressure on opposing defenses and, and making sure that, you know, we're getting the shots that we need to get. Is there specific guys that you used to watch for you tried to mold your game after because your game is kind of unorthodox as well yeah i wouldn't say i would like watch a lot of guys you know i, I just always just try to be like who i am and just do all of, like the the small things do all the intangible stuff and then whatever comes out of me doing all the intangible stuff comes out of it okay before we sign out i believe it was the game in denver not phoenix i think it was in denver chris you were talking i believe it was amy otterberg post game no and you I talk- was talking to kayla gray was it kayla gray okay I got you. my bad it was kayla gray <laughs> and we're talking about Brittany griner yeah yeah talk to me about that 
I mean, she's holed up in Russia right now, and like, it seems like nobody's talking about it. So there's I, still no one talking about it, and yeah. I don't, I, I really don't understand. But it. I don't understand because y'all retweeted me everywhere, so somebody's talking about it. It's just I don't understand why it's not going as big as it's supposed to. And what is it now? To second month, they said she still got to be there until like. They said like another four to six months or something, okay, doing so like hard, a hard labor camp or something like that. I don't yeah. know what's going on over there. I mean, there. I saw Hillary Clinton and all them poster, so they know about it. I just don't know what's going on. Do you know if I'm that was an NBA superstar? Yeah. It'd probably be done by now. Yeah, for sure. It'd probably be done. Probably be back over here chilling, sitting on his couch with me and CB right now. Hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't even know what to say about that situation. But I did. Huh? So I didn't feel like I was, like my voice is big enough in the league, but I felt like I had to say something. But I would like other people to say something too because a lot of these guys know her. Like she's a gold medalist, no? She won uh, the gold medal, right, for the USA, women basketball. Yep. She's a WNBA champion, right? So a lot of people know her. So how come nobody talk about it? I don't know, man. That's a that's a question for everyone. When I see these channels like ESPN and Sports Center and yeah. all these different shows, it is confusing to me as to why more people are not speaking up about Brittany Griner because we know, as I just mentioned, if that was an NBA superstar, mm. that would be on every show, yeah. every day, until probably something came out of it. It would have last one day. Hmm? I'd say one day, maybe two, and it would have got her out of there. Got him out of there. Yeah. I don't know, man, but I'm hoping more people are going to start talking about this because something needs to be done. This is crazy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's a terrible situation. Like, obviously, I mean, you know, we, we know what the situation is, but, you know, it, it's, it shouldn't be this big of a deal. Like, it should be handled, and she should be back over here with her family and, you know, chilling and, you know, just, you know, trying to, you know, figure out her next move, you know, um, and, and – you know, tuning up for you know the season to come. At least be home for it. Yeah, you know, she's over there now. Just we don't know what's going on over there. No, nah, no idea. But hopefully, what was that? We know there's a war. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's it. Yeah. So she's in a very bad, tough yeah. situation right now. Right. Yeah. You know, but Thaddeus, my man, appreciate you. Yeah, Thank no you so problem. much for coming out. Yeah, no CB, what's up? Oh, you know, we are in the beautiful Holtz. Yeah, cafe yeah. shout out as well to northern touch ventures ali my man could get up over here my man let me get some of that cb i want to hold one of these up because these are absolutely beautiful yeah, are you a big wrestling guy yeah degeneration x <laughs> are you ready <laughs> yeah man that's the who was your favorite guy in DX? Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Heartbreak Kid. Already he was know. the truth. Yeah. Undertaker killed his career, though, but <laughs> I do love that? Undertaker. Huh, WrestleMania. Come on, man. You don't follow WWE like that. I do, man. <laughs> R.I.P. to Razor Ramon, too. Yeah, Razor Ramon. Hey, yo. Facts. Yeah. Listen, follow at Northern Touch Vintage on IG. Ali Jamal. On IG, Holt Renfew on IG. So, guys, make sure you get on there, follow, get your merch, 
banging, popping. Hold that up once again. We got Missy Aaliyah the lyric. You already know. We are signing out. This is Hustle Play with Chris Boucher. Here's Boucher. The three got it from Montreal. His name is Chris Boucher. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.